You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. In Paul Harding's Pulitzer Prize-winning first novel, Tinkers, readers met George Crosby in the eight days before his death. In Harding's new novel, Enon, readers meet his grandson, Charlie Crosby. His daughter has died and his wife has left him. He remains in his hometown of Enon, unable to leave the memories behind. I had the urge to go to Kate's stone and kneel in front of it and say, I'm sorry, over and over again, because no matter how much I knew better, I could not stop myself from stepping over the same dark threshold, night after night, trying to follow her into the country of the dead in order to fetch her back, even though she visited me in dreams and never left my waking thoughts. While Harding deals with subjects that are part of all our lives, death and the experience of loss, he doesn't consider his work realism. I don't operate in the genre of realism. Everything is sort of slightly like mythical or legendary or like fable almost. Think of it as almost like poetry as well, so that there's that kind of intensity of detail. Harding's vision of the narrative is not constrained by the notion of time as a linear experience. I take linear time and sort of more or less dispense with it and just use time in kind of a experiential way, you know, the way that we experience it in our consciousness, where you can go here and there and now and then and all over time the way that you can in, in real life in your own imagination. You can go back to the remotest time when there, you know, the, you know, the village of Enon was covered in glaciers. Or you can go back and take a moment from today and explode it like those you know, mechanical drawings and find out what's inside that moment. So I just love the way that you can arrest time, speed it up, explode it, condense it. And I think that's of a piece with writing that's rooted in consciousness, in awareness. For all the experiential description in his work, Harding's intense prose was the result of some very practical limitations. I'm fascinated by language, and I'm fascinated by the capacity language has for meaning. You know, the basic unit I work with is the sentence. Partly that just came out of when I first started writing fiction. I, I worked time and a half teaching at Harvard, and I had young children, and some days I only had time to work on a sentence for 10 minutes. And so I really got into sort of the verb and what's the noun and the predicate and how does this sentence work and how is it balanced and what's the key and the time signature and all that kind of stuff. Harding was the drummer for the rock band Coldwater Flat, and he believes that his work in music is not so different from his work in prose. I think all the differences between being a drummer in a rock band and being a writer are actually finally superficial. You know, the artistic signal kind of comes over the wire from the cosmos, and I'm just there to take it down. And so in some ways, it's merely circumstantial, whether I'm sitting in a drum set with a pair of drumsticks or whether I'm sitting at my laptop. The signal's the same. If I'm sitting at the drums, it gets translated into rhythm. And if I'm sitting at the laptop, it precipitates into the world through the atmosphere of language, as it were, it's into prose. Paul Harding's novels, Tinkers and Enon, build a precise, intense vision of the human world as experienced by two men from the same family and the same town. It's a world where memory mingles with everyday life, and language is a reality that defines what it means to be human. With Time to Read, I'm Rick Kleffel. Find out more at agonycolumn.com.
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.